On this Christmas Eve, I felt like I just saw you yesterday. I did for most of you. Um, you get the question about Christmas time. What's the meaning of Christmas? What's the purpose behind Christmas? Why Christmas? What, what's the meaning? And beyond all the, the holiday hubbub and the gifts and everything else that goes on, what's your response? I mean, what do you say? I mean, we say things like, well, this is the birth of Jesus, and that's true. And we say things like, you know, it's God's gift to man. Jesus is the reason for the season. And all of that's true. Um, but there's more to it than just, just the birth of, of Jesus Christ. The reality is, is that's where the story actually begins. And Christmas kind of begins that and commemorates that. But it, it's more than just that. It's about a king that would love his creation so much that he would give his one and only son who would come to be born only to die and give his life a ransom for many. We rarely mention the cross at Christmas time because it kind of, it's just something we don't really want to deal with. And I get that and I understand that there are mixed ages in this room, so I'm not going to go into depth of, of the crucifixion and so forth and so on. But, but I just want to say that's what it really is all about. And the Apostle Paul and the, and the book that he writes to the church in Philippi, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, there's 22 words in this one verse of Scripture that summarizes what Christmas is all about. I'm going to read it for you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, And being found in fashion as of a man... He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Being found in the fashions of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, and even the death of the cross. That really is a message in the story of Christmas. Paul starts off and, and he says he was found in the fashions of a man. And if you research that, that word fashion in the Greek actually is a word picture depicting a king that would lay down his kingly garments and robe and take up the clothing of a beggar for a short period of time to do a work. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did, the Bible says. That he, he laid down his kingly garments. He laid down the splendor of heaven and he came to this earth. He clothed himself in humanity and he made himself of no reputation and he became just like you and I. It's what we just sang about or what Eva just sang about. It's what the prophet Isaiah foretold about in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign and behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel which means God is with us. On that first Christmas Eve, prior to that activity, there had been 500 silent years from the last prophet, Malachi, in the Old Testament until the cry of this newborn babe. It's God himself that, that, that clothes himself in humanity, that, that divests himself of this, earth, of this heavenly robes, comes to this earth, and for the first time since God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, God, the creator, is with his creation. And when Paul talks about this, that he fashions himself as of a man, it wasn't something great to esteem to. It was something that the king stooped down to do. Because he doesn't just end there with him clothing himself in humanity, but Paul says he humbles himself. That word humble means to stoop to any measure needed to accomplish the job. You ever had a job like that? You'll do whatever it takes 
You'll do whatever you have to do in order to accomplish the job. You've got a sick child, you'll stoop to any, le- any measure, you'll do anything you have to do in, 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 in order to accomplish whatever needs to be done. You, you've got someone in your life that you love very dearly, you will do whatever it takes. You'll go to the ends of the earth, you'll do whatever amount of humility you need and, and humbling you need to do in order to meet the need. That's what Jesus did. The Bible says he took upon himself the form of a servant. And we think many times that Jesus would have like made the cover of GQ or Jesus would have been like the most celebrated person. But the reality is, is that the Bible says it's very much different. That for all appearances, Jesus would have passed off as a slave, as a commoner, as someone that really had no um, uh, uh, physical marks that would have distinguished him. Isaiah put it like this in chapter 53, verse 3, that he is despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it as if it were our faces from him, for he was despised and we esteemed him not. He was made in the very image and the likeness of man, the Bible says. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in the beginning of creation, God made man in his image. And when Jesus Christ was born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, God made himself in man's image yet once again. And the essence of this God of this deity of Jesus taking on the form of man was that he was born as a man. He lived as a man. He suffered as a man. He died as a man. He was, in every sense of the word, a real, genuine human man. He knew pain. He knew poverty. He knew sorrow. He knew loneliness and rejection. He knew laughter. He knew every aspect of the human existence, yet with no sin. He voluntarily came into this world and subjected himself to the human existence so that we might identify with him. Why did he come? So that you and I would be able to identify with him. So that you and I would, as the book of Hebrews says, have a great high priest that we could identify with. Jesus didn't see uh, being the same uh, essence as God as something to be grasped or held onto. No, he he released it and turned it loose for us. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says, For we have not a great high priest, Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted, just as we are, yet without sin. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about the humanity of Jesus? I mean, if you, that's part of what Christmas is all about, is that God came down to rescue us. And Jesus did all of this. He did all that he did so that you and I could identify with him. And he was tempted and tried in every way that you and I are. How are you tempted? What tempts you? Is it greed? Anger? Alcohol? Sex? He was tempted and tried in every manner, yet without sin. Did he have the ability to sin? He had to. Without it, without it, yet he wasn't born with this sin nature, but he had the ability and he chooses not to. Why? Because he wants to walk through this life so that when you and I cry out to him and go, God, I need you now. God, I need you. God, where are you? That he didn't go, hey, I don't understand what you're talking about. You ever talk to somebody and try to get counsel from somebody who has no clue what you're going through? It's a very short conversation, isn't it? Because you're just going, man, you just have no experience. You just have no life. I mean, I've had people come to Life Church, and 
I know I look young, but I've had people go, I just can't go to church here because you're just not old enough for me to be my pastor. Thank you very much. I used to be insulted by that when I was 30, but now that I'm almost 41, holla. That's all I'm saying, right? Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. I'm just saying. You look at people that don't understand, and, they don't, and you look at them, and you go, they don't live in the world I live in. They don't understand anything I'm going through. You don't tell them anything. But someone who's been at the bottom, someone who's been at the end of the road, someone who's been at the end of the rope, someone who, does, who feels like the whole world's coming against them, you'll listen to them. And when Jesus Christ fashions himself as of a man, he divests himself of his heavenly garments and takes on the, 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 the clothing of a beggar, i.e. humanity. And he humbles himself to the point of death. He catches, he catches our attention. Obedient unto death, Paul says. Not only does he, he, he take and leave the splendors of heaven, not only does he humble himself and take on the form of man, but he's obedient unto death. And, and, and that word obedient means it's a, it's, it's a pleasurable choice. I mean, it's a non-pleasurable choice. It's a deliberate choice. It's, it's like a soldier that's just following orders. He's just doing what he's told to do. And we're told that Jesus, this God-man, was willing to allow himself to be overtaken by death. The one who was called the Prince of Life in Acts chapter 3, verse 15, enters into the jaws of death willingly just for you and for me. For the one who's called the resurrection and the life in, God, in John's gospel, chapter 11, verse 25, humbles himself and allows the cruel fingers of death to wrap themselves around him so that we may experience life. And the Bible says that when he died, he died in no ordinary death. But it says, even the death of the cross. That word even means even to the extent of, as low as. Not just dying, but even the lowest death that you could live. See, we celebrate the cross. We, we, we sing songs in church called, Oh, the wondrous cross. And when I survey the wondrous cross on which my Savior uh, died. And, and, and I'll cling to the old rugged cross. For its trophies at last I lay down. We sing that. We have cross jewelry and necklaces. And, 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 and we adorn buildings with crosses. And we have all this other kind of stuff. But you have to understand, in the first century, this was the most heinous, horrific, disgusting, disgraceful, shameful way for a person to die. It was the most, um, it was the way in which foreign armies would come in and one of the ways in which they would show that they were more powerful than the armies in the in territory that they had invaded was by crucifying their king. In the Levitical law, Deuteronomy chapter 21 and 23 says, Cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree. I mean, this was not the way to die. And when Jesus dies on the cross, he doesn't die the death of a hero. He dies the death of a criminal. Oh, we know the rest of the story. But you have to understand that that day and time, there were only a handful of people that were still standing around. They were willing to follow him to the end. And so he says, look, I'll die death, even the death of the cross. Because in his death, Jesus provided redemption for all of us that believe. He demonstrates his boundless love for us. Romans 5, 8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when Jesus died on the cross, he opened the way of God for all of us that wanted to be saved. And that's the meaning of Christmas.
Paul has it right when he says that God, that Jesus himself, fashioned himself as of a man, humbled himself unto death, and even the death of the cross. Why? Just because God loves us. Just because God loves you. So what do you do with something like that? Well, it makes you stop and think. If someone would do that for you, if someone would do that for me, what's my response? I can tell you what my response was. My response is, here's my life. You gave your life for me, here's my life. God, you love me that much that you would send your only son just because, before I accepted or rejected you, here's my life. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. Here's my life. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to push back. Here it is. Maybe you're still kicking tires on that thing called faith. When I don't know if this, this dog will hunt. I don't know if this is really what I want to do with the rest of my life. I don't know if this is really what I'm... But today, I just want to challenge you. That Christmas, we celebrate that God came down to us and made himself no reputation and clothed himself in humanity. And he walked this earth just so that when we cry out to him, we don't have a voice on the other end of the line that doesn't understand what we're going through. But we have someone that says, I understand. I've been there. I get it. So maybe you need some more time. That's fine. Just know that's what this season's all about. Maybe you're here today and, wow, life's just been busy. Some of you I haven't seen since last Christmas. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Like, he knows me? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm just, it's a joke. Just take a deep breath. But the reality is, is this just happened. And you're thinking to yourself, I need to find myself back in my relationship with God. I need to find get myself back in church regularly. Or maybe you're here today and just go, thanks, Pastor. Thanks for the reminder. Thanks for just reminding us that it's more than just toys and Christmas and Santa and fun and food. God loved the food, right? But it's about a God who loves me. And whether you're down and out or you're up and over today, you can know that. So here's how we're going to end today. We're going to end today with giving you an opportunity to partake of communion, and we're going to do that together. Now, let me explain a couple things. Number one, you don't have to be a member of Life Church or any church to partake of communion. Uh, we just ask that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're not, just let the elements pass right past you. Nobody's going to ask you anything. Nobody's going to stop you. I understand there's children that are in the room. So if you as moms and dads go, hey, I think that my son or daughter has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then this would be an appropriate time. If they haven't, then just, you know what to do. Just be parents and just, just guide the elements right on through. But I'm going to ask you to hold on to those elements because we're going to come back and take those together. And let me say one thing real quick before we move in that direction. The Bible says that the partaking of communion, the, the, the sacrament of the church, doesn't save us. I hope you understand that. But it symbolizes what God did for us. The bread symbolizes his body. We've talked about how God became human today. And thank God for his humanity. Because he understands. 
And maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe you need to recommit yourself. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. And you've never done that. In this moment, in just a second, seriously, with everybody just, just very chill, just say, Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Make that decision today. Why is it so important, Aaron? Because becoming a member of a church doesn't save you. Taking Holy Communion doesn't save you. Well, they said that up the street. Listen, I'm telling you. It's not in the book. The book says that when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says that he is, Romans 10, 9, and 10, then you are saved. For it's with the mouth that we confess and believe, and it's a heart that we believe and we're justified. It's by us making a personal decision. We're not rock'em, sock'em robots. God doesn't control us from some cosmic joystick in the heavenlies. God allows us to have free moral choice. So you get to choose today. If you choose not to, no problem. If you choose to accept it, that's fine. But right there in your seat, you don't need me. You don't need, I just read it for you. Let me read it for you again. Romans chapter, excuse me, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 14, it says, and we have a great high priest that's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. At all points was tempted just as we are, yet without sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. Because there's some of you in this room, that's exactly what you need. You need mercy in this time of need. You need to call out to God right where you are and go, but man, this Christmas Eve, I'm all dressed up. I got my jacket on and my hair's on. And I just, and I shaved my legs for this. And, and, I'm, and I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, listen. Listen to me. I'm telling you, don't let this time pass you by. This isn't a bad burrito that you had yesterday at Chipotle. It's a convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what I'm saying to you. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's just saying, let me in. But Aaron, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Bible says you can boldly. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm just one beggar to another beggar where to find food. Boldly approach the throne of grace. I'm telling you, if my life was coming to an end, I wouldn't care what anybody thought. I wouldn't care what anybody said. I would bust from that seat and I would say, oh God, come into my heart, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, Jesus is as close as the very mention of his name. How can you be so sure of that? Because Matthew chapter 18, 19 and 20 says, where two or more are gathered together in his name, there he is. That means he's here right now. You mean this old torn down strip mall? That's exactly what I just said. He's going to get excited and preach in a minute, Margaret. But I'm telling you, that's the good news, isn't it? And so if you're here and that's you, please, 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 don't let all this pass you by. If you've just fallen away, recommit. You're not committing to me. You're not committing to a church. Didn't a New Year's resolution that you're going to break in seven days. This is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I ask you. And all of us, as we receive these elements, let us just think for a moment of how great a God that we serve that came down and rescued us.